One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself, not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the death of Versace. We want to take a moment to thank Alarmy listeners A.E. Delaney and Deputy Chris for this recommendation. Here's what you need to know. I just care about people and the way they have to dress. I think there is a part of education in my work. You have to understand, to believe, and to communicate to the people what you think, what is your philosophy. That is the part I like of my work. Gianni Versace was an Italian designer whose eponymous luxury brand was at the height of its popularity when he was murdered on July 15, 1997. He was a visionary and idol to many, particularly his gay fans, a mainstay of the international party scene who rubbed elbows with the likes of Princess Diana, Madonna, and Elton John. But Versace's glamorous life was tragically cut short thanks to a seemingly random passerby outside of his home in Miami, a man who was in fact one of the most wanted fugitives in America at the time. Andrew Cunanan was born in California to a Filipino-American father and Italian-American mother in 1969. His father, a former U.S. Navy serviceman turned stockbroker, spoiled Cunanan and instilled high levels of bravado and materialism in his son. By the time he was in middle school, he was already showing signs of the pathological liar he would become. By several accounts, Cunanan was a highly intelligent college dropout who would methodically hunt for sugar daddies to fund his lifestyle. 
Between April and July of 1997, Andrew Cunanan embarked on a killing spree that would leave five men dead, including Gianni Versace. His first victim was Jeffrey Trail, Cunanan's so-called best friend. He was found beaten to death with a claw hammer shortly after moving to Minneapolis for a new job. His body was rolled up in a rug in the loft of his friend, David Madsen, who happened to be an ex-lover of Cunanan's. On Monday, April 28th, David Madsen failed to show up to work, though he had been seen walking his dog with Cunanan earlier that day. Five days later, his body was found on the shore of East Rush Lake, with gunshot wounds to his head and back. On May 4th, Lee Miglin, a 72-year-old real estate mogul, was found dead in the garage of his Chicago home, viciously stabbed with a screwdriver and his throat cut with a chainsaw. Miglin fit the profile of a sugar daddy target, though his family vehemently denied that Miglin would have known Cunanan. On May 9th, Cunanan shot 45-year-old William Reese in the head at the Finns Point National Cemetery in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, where Reese worked as a caretaker. Reese's red pickup truck was missing when his body was found the next day. In its place was a green Lexus with Illinois plates that had been stolen from Lee Miglin's garage. By June 12th, Cunanan was named one of the FBI's 10 Most Wanted Fugitives, which was broadcast nationally on America's Most Wanted. Cunanan was now in Miami, where he made little attempts to fly under the radar, going out at night and even using his own name to pawn items stolen from his victims. He remained elusive to authorities for over a month after making the Most Wanted list, allowing him to make one last kill. The morning of July 15 was just like any other for Gianni Versace. He woke up early and went to his local cafe to get some magazines. Around 8.45 that morning, he returned to his Mediterranean-style mansion and was unlocking the front gate when he encountered Cunanan. Almost immediately, Cunanan shot Versace two times in the head, then fled the scene, leaving an international icon for dead and many unanswered questions in his wake. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats 28-year-old Jeffrey Trail, whom Cunanan referred to as his best friend, and 33-year-old David Madsen, considered the great unrequited love of Cunanan's life, were murdered in May of 1997 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Real estate tycoon Lee Miglin was found stabbed to death in his garage in Chicago at the age of 72. William Reese, considered by experts to be a functional homicide, was shot at the Civil War Cemetery where he worked, likely for his red pickup truck rather than for personal reasons like the first three victims. Fashion mogul Gianni Versace was shot in front of his Miami home at the age of 50, on July 15, 1997. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello, Alarmy. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Clayton's going to be filling in for producer Amanda. We also have with us fact checker Chris Smith. Hey, are you as excited about me as you are about... Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and our very special guest today is my friend, writer-director, Francisco Cabrera Feo. Hi, Fran. Hey, y'all. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Do you like how I, I, uh, I gave you a little bit of a Spanish flair? Absolutely. We have to give it you know, the respect it deserves, my, my ancestors. <laughs> yeah. They- um, Everyone needs to follow Fran on Twitter. His Twitter handle is I am Fran Cabrera. Um, you know, you've got jokes. You've got industry insider information. <laughs> what? I got a lot of <laughs> I got a lot of therapist jokes and a lot of horny jokes. That's kind of my my two sides. That's your brand. Yeah, <laughs> we're here for that. We're here for it. <laughs> now, Fran. Uh, we like to start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that is recently alarming you? What is something that's keeping you up at night? Yeah, I mean, specifically this week, I found out, like, 
families coming to LA to visit me, which Ooh, terrifying, very terrifying because there was no warning. They just kind of <laughs> wow, yeah, and you know it's great. You know I haven't seen them in like a year, and I just know that you know we we kind of let ourselves go a little bit through the pandemic, right? We ate a little bit more. Maybe we ordered, you know, Uber Eats uh, for every meal. <laughs> Um, <laughs> every meal <laughs> listen uh, it's it's my approach to things um, so I just know like Latino families are the first thing that they're gonna say is gonna be like oh Francisco you know you got a little chubbier oh so that the, I, that's the alarm in my in my head yeah there's like it, it's you can't escape that initial comment of it's good to see you wow you've gained weight Yes, that is it is the hello of the Latino community. It's the community. warm welcome. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The big eyes. Do you know how you're going to respond to it? It sounds like you already know how you might First of all, do you know how you're going to respond to it emotionally? And then do you know how you're going to literally what you're going to say back to them? How you're going to Let me put it in the kid younger person terms. Are you going to clap back? <laughs> Thank you for putting it in my terms. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You're a lot younger than we are. Uh, that's funny. My therapist asked the same question yesterday. So uh, we're on the same page. Uh, no. Uh, well, I think, you know, uh, it was about walking in to, you know, to that brunch that we're going to see each other at with confidence mm-hmm. um, and with, you know, maybe some prepared shade. Maybe I can tear them down uh, before they tear me down. <laughs> You know. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, a, pre- a preemptive strike is what they call that. That's in a, right. In, milita- in military terms. <laughs> so we have to get started because there's so much that we have to cover here. Um, and this is just uh, the perfect segue uh, into <laughs> the death of Gianni Versace. Um it's not the perfect segue, but smooth we're as it. butter. Yeah, Rebecca always <laughs> says that. Um, okay, so extremely sad. Uh, you know, one of the greats here. Here's a little uh, snippet from Biography.com, just so we we get in the Versace mood. In 1978, uh, Gianni Versace had a vision for a new fashion line and opened his first boutique in Milan. By 97, he had 130 high-end boutiques around the world and was a global fashion titan worth $807 million. Big, he's, he's, he's sitting on the top of high-stakes uh, high empire, which he ran with his sister, Donatella, and his brother, Santo, Uh, Versace needed a place where he could retreat and relax. And in a trip to Miami South Beach in 91, he found his haven. Mm. Versace just had wildly uh, had a a wildly successful showing in Paris of his Atelier uh, Versace fall 1997 couture collection with Naomi Campbell front and center. Uh, So he's on top of the world right now. He had come back to his Florida mansion to relax with his partner of 11 years, Antonio D'Amico. At around 8.30 a.m., Versace took a stroll, as he often did, and he went to the news cafe uh, located about 0.3 miles south of his house. So literally, he goes around the corner. Versace goes home uh, and started opening the gate to his oasis. He had been he hadn't been gone long. It was still before 9 a.m. D'Amico was just inside sipping coffee on the veranda near the entrance. Before he could step inside, a stranger comes out of nowhere. He's dressed in a gray t-shirt, black shorts, a white hat. He's carrying a backpack. He's got a uh, .40 caliber handgun. I, I, I always say these uh, guns wrong. Um, uh, he shot two bullets in uh in into the back of the head of the global icon in point blank range mm-hmm. eyewitness ad bianchi bianchi was at uh an inline skating shop nearby so funny it's it's south beach so it's an inline skating <laughs> shop nearby <laughs> they were really popular at they the time, were right? it's it's 97 yeah i remember that was because that was my roller hockey phase anybody else go through one of those nope <laughs> <laughs> I can get into uh, it now, though, if you, if you think it'd make us closer. <laughs> Let's go get some we inline won't. skates and get started. 
Uh, he ran toward the he ran toward the, the direction of the shot, and he quote, "We were right there watching, and there was nothing you can do." He told the New York Times, "His bloody his blood was coming out like crazy." Oh, he shook he shook a little bit and stopped moving. Inside the gates, an ominous feeling immediately came over D'Amico. I felt as if my blood had turned to ice. Mm-hmm. He told the Observer, according to the Guardian, he and his butler jumped up. The house had stained glass windows so we couldn't see and had to uh, what had happened outside, so we had to open the gate. Since he shot in such close range, eyewitnesses saw Cunanan running, and the clothes he was wearing were found by a red truck in a parking garage nearby. So, terrible loss. Ter- I, I mean, just- traumatic, not just... I mean, sad for Versace, traumatic for all of those who loved him, and also for the community. Mm-hmm. It was this was a, a very impactful um, moment for not just the you know South Beach community, not just the gay community, but for a lot of Miamians who were nearby and felt like terrorized. Because as we all know, Cunanan um, didn't get caught and we'll talk about this later but he didn't get caught right away oh really yeah it took about eight days for him to get caught by police so in our mind we have a terrible serial killer on the loose right and there's something so familiar and pedestrian about somebody getting up in the morning to go for a walk to the to the newsstand and get coffee and get a newspaper and and sort of return so it's crazy to think that someone could just you know, like you kill such an icon, like a big, you know, a mogul. And then just for like eight days, they're just hanging out. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe that's why I could never be a serial killer. <laughs> that's the only reason. The downtime. That's, that's. <laughs> <laughs> the post. I would just feel so terrible. <laughs> no, no, I could never do it. It's um, very Florida. I'll tell you, this is hanging out for eight days after killing somebody. Very Florida of the story. <laughs> <laughs> On the beach, just like getting some sun. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, so let's start by putting in... Uh, um, uh, up. We, we have to put Cunanan up on the okay. board. And there's something I, I want... Oh, the other thing I wanted to say was not just... Not only was he this, you know, incredibly talented designer, but he was also a real family man. You know, he 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 had built this empire from the ground up with his sister and his brother. I mean, it was very much a family, uh, uh, you know, nowadays we would have called it like a, a family run business, a small family run business. <laughs> oh, yes. You know? Support small but business. It- Versace. <laughs> <laughs> But like at one time, it was it was a, a you know family small family run business in Milan. You know it, it's just so sad. Okay, we're gonna. Fran go on Fran showed us that he has a Versace. Um, oh yeah, clothes. yes. You know how like most kids wore Axe in middle school. For some reason, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, all right. No, I remember Axe. I remember Axe. There you go. It was oppressive. <laughs> Well, um, uh, what's it called? My father and I shared the same cologne, and it was Ooh. and it was a little Versace cologne. Um, nice. And, and I've been wearing it for you know middle school, high school, and now when people tell me they smell it like somewhere, they text me and they're like, "Fanny, it smells like you." So <laughs> I got some connection to to the story. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you live in our you're, hearts you're and young- in our nose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a young Versace, Fran. Yes. I mean, I'll tell you, hearing you talk through this story, I yeah. solely picture the cast of Ryan Murphy's uh, Versace story. Same. I am Same. picturing Edgar Ramirez when you talk about Versace, Penelope Cruz. Um, I, I know I can't blame Darren Chris uh, for uh, the death of Versace, but I do but blame him. I do blame okay. him for taking yet another gay role. Uh, that <laughs> I am throwing him on the board. Agreed. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so the first thing on the board is Darren Chris before Andrew Kinnan. <laughs> yes, is what you're telling I'm me. I'm going to move him to the top of the list if, if you if you think so, Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's let's 
okay, thank you. You've said you, you've proved your point about Darren Chris. Now let's talk about Andrew Cunan. And, <laughs> and I was going to put up the thrill of the hunt. So this is according to Vanity Fair. The weekend before Cunanan left California for Minnesota, where he probably murdered both Matson and Trail, signs were mounting that he was spiraling out of control. On April 18, Cunanan was in San Francisco and ran into his old friend John Samura at the Midnight Sun, a gay bar, where he showed him a flyer for an S&M party he was planning to attend the next night. The two later argued, this is a quote, he grabbed me around the neck so hard he was choking me by his grip, mm. recalls Semaru, uh, Semaru, I'm saying that wrong, who angrily told Kunanin, Andrew, you're really hurting me. Stop it. Something had snapped in him. Now I realized the guy was hunting. He was getting the thrill of the hunt, the thrill of the kill. I saw it in his eyes. I saw it in his body. He had stepped over the edge. So a few things had happened to Kunanin uh, before he decided to leave California and go to Minnesota. He had, you know, and we'll talk about this a little later. He had always been kept by these sugar daddies, right? He had always been in relationships with these older men who would pay for very expensive things. And there's this story about him wanting a Beamer. He wanted a BMW. And his lover at the time uh, said to him, no, it gave him an infinity instead. And Kunanin <laughs> went up to him and said, if I don't get a Beamer, I'm leaving. And his, you know, boyfriend said, well, then go. And that was the end of that relationship. I guess he had finally had it with Kunanin. You have to draw a line somewhere. He did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he had given him an infinity. I'll take an infinity now. Right? <laughs> um. So he was depressed about apparently he was depressed about this relationship um he had lost his you know bank account essentially he there were a few things that had happened with his family he was kind of spiraling for a while there are accounts and we'll also talk about this later that he uh, he had started doing drugs he had started getting into crystal meth mm. yeah a lot of this behavior i mean not, i mean i don't know it's, my mind went to drugs interesting how come well, I don't know. I that the scene with him grabbing the neck of his friend—it just seemed oh. he was roiding out or something like that. Like it just seemed like some something that uh, he just seemed. I don't know. It just seemed like he, is it I, I is there room thing. for drugs on the board? You think is there that much? There's always room for drugs. <laughs> <laughs> guys. Don't do drugs. Definitely don't do crystal meth. Death. <laughs> Rebecca's famously known for doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> It's I, on the record uh, now. I, <laughs> yes. So I had also heard that the, um, I had heard it in a podcast that he had thrown himself a good going away party uh, before he left to Minnesota, but he didn't tell his friends like why he was going there, which to me is very like, what kind of, fr I guess bad friends maybe we put up on the board. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm a friend, I'm like, hey, buddy, what, what's up? Why are, you, why are you giving all of your stuff away and you're, and you're moving to Minnesota? Like, <laughs> you go, you're okay? You got anything going on? Why, why are you going to Minnesota? Yeah, what's in Minnesota? <laughs> That's the first question I ask when I show up to the going away party, right? <laughs> yeah, especially if you just found out. You're like, why are we right. here? I was thinking, like, also just, um, and obviously this does not excuse his behavior, obviously, but I do think, like, there's an there's an aura of, like, him killing a lot of gay men and him being yeah. gay himself that, like, there's some inter internalized homophobia in this. Mm. I can't pinpoint it, but it's just, I mean, I just, you know, homophobia and internalized homophobia, like, if the world, I think, had accepted people more openly... I think a lot of folks wouldn't have, you know, it, it, I feel very much like Mr. Ripley vibes from, Ooh. from this. So, wow. you know, I think that's, you know, that's something to blame for sure. I do know. And I think we need to put homophobia up on the board. I think not only is there some internalized homophobia, but there's also like in, in the, how, it, how it was dealt with, how the crimes were dealt with. There was also, I I read a lot of homophobia, you know, because if this had been 
I don't know. Talk about in the news? Not just in the news. I just mean like from local police officials and the the kind of like uh, uh, manpower that people put towards like, I don't know, other victims of crime. Hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, this is a serial killer, but he's only targeting gay men. And so perhaps, I don't know, this is my feeling. It feels like it was just put down on the ladder Hmm. of importance. Right. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about Cunanan's father and, you know, because Cunanan himself was out. He was famously out, like, since he was in high school. But he was, he had come from a uh, religious family. His dad was Filipino. His mom was Sicilian. Um, It wasn't a a very, uh, from what all I've heard, it was not a, a good relationship it was not a happy uh home this is according to vanity fair and we can put kunanan's father and the myth of the american dream up on the board let's blame dads i love that (laughs) (laughs) moms you know moms get a lot of heat but i think dads need to get heat as well Mm. i agree properly (laughs) that is equality that is the dream (laughs) (laughs) so This is according to Vanity Fair. I don't think you can understand Andrew without understanding his dad, said writer and executive producer of the assassination of Gianni Versace American crime story Tom Rob Smith. Quote, his dad had the spectacular rise. He came to America from the Philippines and served in the U.S. Navy. I think he worked through a night college to get his trader's license and got the extraordinary job working at Merrill Lynch in San Diego. It was this amazing ascent and then he burnt out when andrew's father was caught in what looked like to be fraudulent trading activity he fled to manila reportedly leaving his wife marianne with 700 dollars worth so this is apparently true he just sold the house took the money didn't tell anyone and left the entire abandoned the entire family orth said, quote, the experience was clearly shattering for Andrew, whose image of his dad as a powerful and reliable protector was smashed. Afterward, Andrew fle- flew to the Philippines and tracked down his father, where he found the person he once believed to be a mythic figure living in squalor. When Andrew saw the crude poverty in which his father was living, a driving madness took over his mind. One of Andrew's teachers told Orth, Smith also believes that Andrew's trip to the Philippines was a critical turning point. Mm. I think at this point, if Andrew had accepted that his dad was a fraud, embraced it on some level, and said, this is what life is, complicated, he'd come back to the States having learned from the experience, said Smith. He could have done something interesting with his life. Instead, he comes back and continues his lies, telling people, my dad is rich, and keeping up the pretense. To me, though... That was the breaking point in his brain. At that point, there's no going back. Andrew goes through the exact same trajectory as his dad, explains Smith. He had his own rise, finding these wealthy, affluent older men that he's living with. (laughs) There you go. He ended up in a multi-million dollar condo in La Jolla, this beautiful paradise, living with Norman Blatchford, a man who loved him. He's given an allowance traveling to the south of France, and he throws it all away because he can't tolerate the notion that he's a kept man. He leaves and moves into a small place in Hillcrest and descends through crystal meth until he's lost everything. Drugs. <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> throw childhood trauma up there if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Aban- abandonment Abandonment. Issues. Abandonment. Um, he's also... You know, someone that is really obsessed with fame. I, I, I don't know if it's maybe a celebrity worship. Yes, friend. You. Lo- I have a term. I have a term that I thought about. <laughs> Tell me. Clout chasing. Heads up. Oh, I love it. We got a new term on the alarmist. What? It's clout it's so fun. Chasing. What is it? Yes. Clout. Clout chasing. Okay. Now tell us. Tell us about this new term, Fran. I would like to say I did not make this term up, but it is a term. (laughs) It is a term that I think fits this. Uh But yeah, I mean, it's this. You know, it's a search for more. Uh, It's a search for superfluousness and extra uh, materialistic stuff, Um, and whatever attention that comes with it. 
Um, so yeah, I, w- I would put that on the board and I would, you know, blame you. Y'all always blame capitalism, blame capitalism for that. Whoa. Thank you. <laughs> All right. My favorite guest. You just, you just <laughs> made a fan. Yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, it lo- it feels like he was looking to be famous and. He didn't leave uh, a note, you know, in the end when he, um, he... Well, he knew who Versace was, right? Yes, and, absolutely. And he obviously targeted him at that sort of during this rampage he was on. Yes, absolutely. He definitely... I don't know why. No. Okay. And that's, that's one of the things about this tragedy is that it feels so, um, like... Why, why did that have to happen? It, it, it's by chance. It, not that it's by chance because it was targeted, but it, like we just don't know when that time will come or who, who's the serial killer around the corner. If if there's a serial <laughs> killer around the corner. That's so, true. I mean, there really could be at any moment. <laughs> I will say if I die, I do want to have my butler there. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> What's your butler's name? I don't. I don't know. Do have- What's Versace's butler's name? I want to have him there. <laughs> Same guy. Uh, I do not have that's... a butler on the record. I do not have a butler. <laughs> there was a uh, uh, allegedly they had met Versace and Cunanan back in uh, October of 1990. Yes, apparently there was this Met or not a Met Gala. It was a, a something at, San at the opera. opera. Yeah. Yes, there was a party at the opera and. Kunanen apparently told his friends that he had met Versace at this party. Unclear. I'm sure there were a lot of people at this party. I'm sure Versace was, you know, seeing a lot of people. Right. Well, and the Versace family denied that they ever met. But And and I'm sure if you asked uh, uh, Gianni, he probably wouldn't have remembered because famous people meet a lot of people. And when you meet Gianni Versace, it's a big deal for you. But when Gianni... Versace meets meets you. It's not a big deal. So maybe there's something to blame about hmm, him not being uh, personable enough, or sort of like yeah, blame over- Versace. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's where we're going. I'll tell you, or social I, skills. I met Dave Patel once. He does not remember uh-huh. me. I don't think Dave Patel remembers me, and I will so not. You be can kill him. Kill well, him, kill him if you want. <laughs> Hear, hear me, hear me out. Hear me out for a second. Let's just go down this trail okay. just for a second, okay? okay? <laughs> if you consider, if you're a famous person and you just consider everyone you come across to be a potential future murderer for you, mm-hmm. and you approach each interaction in that way, yeah, I have a feeling you would be very nice to everybody. Or just terror. <laughs> you would seem terrified. You yeah. seem like a crazy, crazy celebrity who's just scared of the world. Right. A, a murderer if you don't treat them with sort of like respect, I guess, is what I'm saying. I, I couldn't agree with you less. <laughs> like, it, 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 yeah. I'm only it, nice. I'm, I'm only nice because I think someone's going to kill me. That's the right. only reason I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you... Sci- you psycho thanks I, I miss amanda i feel like amanda would back me up here <laughs> no way <laughs> um, now we we have to put we're not putting versace up on the board but we are going to put the fbi and yes. mm-hmm. the local police two different things okay according this is a for you know in, in uh, an argument to put the fbi up on the board New York Times says attorney Attorney General Janet Reno today thanked the public for helping in the manhunt and said criticism that the bureau did not intensify the search for Mr. Cunanan until a celebrity was killed. And that was not fair. She noted that the bureau had placed the fugitive on its most wanted list before Mr. Versace's slaying. Quote, there's a frustration when a tragedy like this occurs and you're constantly thinking what could have been done to prevent it. She said, what led what le- uh, lead might I have followed? What might I might I have done? It's important that if we can learn anything from that, we do so. Janet Reno, um, at this time, 
I, this is just me speaking. I know it sounded like the. <laughs> I was, she was a busy. She was busy on the on the news. Uh, Janet Reno. Um, she's got Waco. She's dealing with. She's got, you know, mid to late nineties. So many uh, American tragedy. I mean, tragedies all over the world. But like, but also miracles. I, if- I was born ninety eight. <laughs> You know? And oh my video. god, you were born after Versace. Yes. Wow. I, it's possible that you are the reincarnation of There you Versace. go, Chris. Oh, wow. oh my god, that's why you that's why you use his cologne. <laughs> it have, has to be you. He's on our podcast. Welcome, oh Versace. God. Versace, we're so happy to have you. I will say Versace was playing played by a Venezuelan actor on the show. So Okay. That's so, all. That's all. That's my. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying we only have one famous Venezuelan actor, Edgar Ramirez, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he was Versace. So, if anything, Versace w- was going to reincarnate in Venezuela. Yes, is what you're saying. And so it's you. It could be you because you were born in Venezuela as well. Okay. Are you all ready to get angry right now? Yes. Say yes or no. Yes. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> AP News says, on July 7, Cunanan pawned a gold coin, signed his real name, and left his hotel address, his room number, and a thumbprint as required by law. Such information is sent to police so that they can investigate whether the goods are stolen. Cunanan's pawn slip was in police hands five days before Versace was shot. Uh -uh. The officer in charge of the slip was unaware that Cunanan was being sought, even though he had set the slip aside for further investigation. And detectives never considered going through the mountain of paper pawn slips that are received every week on the chance that Cunanan's name was in there. For the record, Cunanan at this point had this is me speaking, had already been on America's Most Wanted. Mm. <laughs> okay? This is according to Refinery29. Part of the trouble stemmed from the fact that the search for Cunanan was based in Minnesota, where his first two victims were murdered mm. and not in Miami. All tips and information were processed through the Minneapolis uh, office. As the search became more extensive, the Minneapolis office, far from where Cunanan was at this point, became strained. Over a thousand tips were called in. Aside from the pawn shop debacle, another missed opportunity to catch Cunanan came on July 11, when a cashier recognized Cunanan from America's Most Wanted and called the police. The police conducted a short search and miss Cunanan in a hotel nearby. Mm. Okay, this is so uh, this is a moment where apparently he was at a Miami subs. This is so Miami. Oh, I love <laughs> he, Miami. He was subs. at a Miami and this is another thing uh side note. He was I, I guess apparently known for during this killing spree, he stayed at the Normandy Hotel, which apparently is this at this point was this rundown hotel. Um, and he would party at night and then eat pizza and Miami subs all day. <laughs> that is Miami also lifestyle. my... Oh, sorry, Chris. No go. No, I'm just saying that is also my, my meal plan. That's your meal plan. <laughs> <laughs> Great meal plan. <laughs> that's, what, that's how you can clap back to your mom and, and, and your, or your family. I Put was out, on the Cunanan <laughs> diet? Yeah. <laughs> when they show up, just have a spread of pizza and subs. Just lay yeah. down. It's research, mom. It's research. <laughs> so he gets spotted at this Miami subs. The cashier calls the police. They're there in eight minutes, which I don't know if that's short or long. Not, not, not quick enough for me. If you're, if you're asking about a, a, a you know, a most wanted. Well, the traffic in Miami is ridiculous. I'm gonna put traffic. They have on the those board. bidu lights. <laughs> Come on. Uh, so the police conducted a short search. They miss him. A similar occurrence happened in July 16 when a sailboat owner, Guillermo Volpe, called the police to report that someone who resembled Cunanan had broken into the boat. Volpe uh, told the Chicago Tribune that the investigators arrived two days after the call mm. and waited six days to collect any relevant evidence. Mm. Two days. Amateurs. So as we know, uh, after... He kills Versace. He goes into hiding. 
and he's found in a houseboat, not far from from where uh, Versace's mansion is. It's about it's on uh, fifty two near fifty two in Collins Avenue, mm. um, and um, Versace Mansion is uh, I believe it's on Eleventh and Ocean Drive, Eleventh or Tenth and Ocean Drive. Right in the heart, huh? Yeah. You can. That's it's South like, Beach. That's like totally South Beach, capital. S. We used to go to the beach nearby on Thirteenth Street, um, and we would always walk by the mansion um, before his death and mm. after. Mm. Um, it was really, really sad. Um, anyway, he he's found in this houseboat. He's not even found by by the police, right? He's found by another guy who's walking by, and he notices that that houseboat belongs to this german neighbor he knows and there seems to be someone there but he knows that the guy's not the guy's not in town and so he's the one who calls the police he apparently is the one who goes on the boat um and he he had a gun with him and so when he's he he gets close to the boat he hears a gunshot and then Mm -hmm. he leaves we they think that's when kunanan did uh kill himself Mm. So the, the the local cops had a couple opportunities that they just whiffed on. Um, so they've de- definitely got to be held ac- held accountable or at least put up on the board. Yeah. They're up put there. The, put them up. Okay. up. I also want to I also want to put up not using computers. Um tell me <laughs> about it. <laughs> Go on. This is according to AP News. Uh, embarrassed that serial killer Andrew Cunanan's uh, address was in their hands for weeks. In December 1997, this is just a few months later, Miami police computerized the system, the city's pawn shop record so that fugitives wouldn't slip by them in the future. So they had the capabilities. They had computers. It's 1997. Like, I have a computer. I'm all up on the, you know, AIM, AOL. We're preparing situation. for Y2K. So, like, computers <laughs> are a big part of our world. Like I'm a kid on AOL. The, the the police don't have the pawn slips up on their database. Well, I mean, I don't know. Is there something? Is there something I'm missing? Because like, is are pawn shops generally associated with uh, that kind Not of great I things? Mean, I don't think people think pawn shop positive. It's it just like it, someone it, at a sad point in their life going to the pawn shop, right? Maybe I guess I so. I guess that's true. But at the same point, I, w- I wonder if they've gotten any like successful tips now that they have computerized the pawn shop system. It seems like one of those things where... Yes, they do, they do. Because if you steal something, you're going to take it to the pawn shop. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> Chris, don't become a thief. <laughs> you're de- when you're at the pawn shop, you're pretty desperate, I would say. I mean, that's yeah, maybe just a so. generalization, but... we Yeah, yeah. No, no, no shade. I mean, I'm sure some good things happen at pawn shops. We can't generalize. <laughs> Respect to well, all I'll the pawn shop owners. <laughs> the cops didn't care and didn't follow these clues. And because these the, the deaths were queer men, were gay men. Yes, I have. I have to agree with you. Yeah. Okay. And that still is happens that a- to now, especially with trans women of color. Like that is yes. absolutely still happens. Do we put like apathy, like like not just you know something along I those think, lines? Is so, it that, is it homophobia or apathy? I think it's uh, it's um, homophobia induced apathy. Oh, I like that. I think that's that's on point. That works. Okay, great. Now we did. I I did uh, put this out to the alarmy uh, for some listener suggestions and. Um, I had my mom. My mom was the first one to uh, reply. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and she said, I asked, who do you think is to blame? And she said, we were close to, uh, <laughs> to the Versace <laughs> mansion. When this happened, we were at the Hotel Delano. Do you remember? <laughs> That's okay. what- <laughs> thank, thank you, Tita. Thank you, Tita, for that. <laughs> um, I had totally forgotten about this, but she is right. We were at the beach. I don't know why we were at the beach at 8 a.m. Wow. on a Tuesday, wow. but we did do that because it was the summer. And the, the Delano is just, it's on 17th Street. So we were like six or seven blocks away from from this when it happened. That's crazy. Yeah. 
But then another, thank God, another listener uh, did chime in <laughs> with an actual suggestion. <laughs> and this is coming from at Chaya and Chayan son Cat Sylvia. And they say fame and vulnerability surrounding the Versace name and brand. Hmm. So it's almost like she's uh, or, or she or he. Uh, or they are with you, Chris, in blaming Versace. <laughs> All right. <Wow. laughs> I had a feeling somebody was going to really understand what I was going for there. Uh, for the vulnerability. Honestly, I think they're talking about the exact same thing you're talking about, the vulnerability surrounding Versace and his name. Okay. We so we a- have a lot of stuff. Yes. Pretty good board here. Is there anything we want to uh, throw up last minute before we start crossing things off? Anything we missed? I mean, Rebecca, sorry. How could we not say this? Okay. Fashion industry? <gasps> Holy shit. What are we doing today? <sighs> I'm, I'm so sorry. This is my official resignation. <laughs> I failed you all. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We do. We have to put up the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. Why? Let's see. We mm. can get there. We can get there. Yes, we'll back. We'll back into a reason. Put um, it up there. And we'll... consumerism, well, money. Wealth, it, it, there's so much variety. clout. There's so much. Oh, it's what Fran was talking clout about. Cloud obsessed. Yes. Wealth um, disparities. Clout chasing. Yes. That's so true. I mean, the fashion industry is a is the pr- a primary way that you can sort of distinguish yourself, sort of you know your wealth, your um, class, your you sexy know. body. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sure, that too. I, it, it's a, it helps you distinguish. It's yeah. true. Um, it's yeah, up there. I, we got it though. Okay, okay, we got it. Oh, it's in there. All right, we haven't right, let you but... down. Let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to start crossing things off the list. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And we're back. Chris, why don't you hit us? Who's to blame for the death of Versace? Darren Chris. (laughs) Gay acting role stealer. (laughs) I remember that now, but... Okay. Uh, Andrew Cunanan. For being a serial killer. (laughs) This is probably the most absurd board we've ever done. Uh, The thrill of the hunt, drugs, bad friends, homophobia generally and internalized, Cunanan's father, myth of the American dream, question mark, childhood trauma and abandonment, clout chasing, capitalism, FBI, 
local police not using computers, homophobic-induced apathy, when Rebecca and her mom were close to the mansion (laughs) during the murder. (laughs) Oh, my God. I might be to blame. Fame and vulnerability surrounding the Versace name and brand or the fashion industry. So let's start crossing things off this list. Now, I know you guys are going to want to cross off Darren Chris. Okay. But I don't think we should just yet. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to be, you know, I was going to take one for the team, you know? I was going to really, you know, we started a little bit, we started with Darren Chris and we found out the things that might be a little bit more, uh, you know. Important? Significant. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He did bow out. He did bow out in an interview from from taking any more gay roles. So I've forgiven him. Um, He does play a very convincing gay man. uh, Hmm. So I don't blame him. So. so it's not his acting that you have a problem with. No, his acting is great. <laughs> it's more his agent. I mean, if anybody should be up on yeah. the board, it's the agent. <laughs> Stop submitting him for these roles. So, okay, fine. We, I know that you said not, not to, but I am going to take Darren Chris okay. off the list. Okay. Now, Bad Friends. That, that still actually tracks. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Can we take me and my mom off the yes, list? Yes, absolutely. Just for being nearby during the murder. How could you blame you? Also, that, I just want to say that's so Miami that I was near the... <laughs> I was on South Beach mm-hmm. uh, during this time. What else here? Not using computers still tracks for me. The fashion industry is still there. I feel like not using computers could maybe roll... Into the local police? Yeah, only because they had the receipts. Like, they had the physical receipt in their possession. I know that... I don't know. Not sure having it on a database would have helped. Although, maybe Uh, it would have. Probably. It probably would have. It would have at least dinged. It would have at least sent them an email or something. Those (laughs) Those police were kind of lazy. So, even if they had the computers, it seems like they were like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's the overriding thing to me too. I agree, Clayton. Yeah, because that app is like that's even if they had the little ding, another gay person's dead. The apathy. Oh mm-hmm. well, there you go. So maybe we roll yeah. the police into the. Homophobic I don't think so. Let's apathy. keep because I feel like there's two things. There's the apathy and there's the their shitty police skills. Well, what 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 is the is the apathy feeding into their shitty police skills because is it why they're shitty because mm. it's a gay man who's murdered it's it, or are gay mm. men that were murdered yeah I, I i yeah although yeah but i guess i guess the fact that they were in a different state almost absolves them a little bit because like your apathy could well, be applied because it's not happening in your state and jurisdiction stuff you know like you can't right. I don't know. Um, I also think, like, for the record, this is Minnesota police and Miami police as well, because they were not mm-hmm. efficient. Right. And, you know, there, there's a serial killer on the loose. They they had clues that Cunanan was in town. They had a, a spotting of him at the Miami subs. Like, even if they miss this pawn shop thing, like, they're looking for him. Uh they didn't show up to the uh, houseboat, you know, until right, two right, days right. later. Okay. So, so we'll keep the police for now, I think. Keep the right? police on. How about drugs? Not think, good. Not good. But they, it's like you don't just, a lot of people do drugs and they don't go killing people. That's like, right. They make, you make bad choices sometimes, especially meth. But like, <laughs> not everyone's, if everyone was killing, we'd all be dead because everyone's on drugs, right? I'm high <laughs> <Yes>. right now. <laughs> Every time I'm on drugs, it's Miami subs and pizza. (laughs) He murders a sandwich every time. (laughs) Well, you know what? I I can, yeah, if you're on drugs, murder the sandwich instead of a human. I'm I'm behind that. I'm behind that. Have fun out there. Don't do math, though. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. uh, Cunanan, we've got him just for being a serial killer. Uh, The thrill of the hunt. We can probably fold that into Kunan. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think bad friends. Uh, we should like start. Try your best to get some good friends. 
try your best to get some good friends who are like, where are you going? How come you're leaving San Francisco? Uh, to, where are you going? First of all, where are you going and why are you going? <laughs> that can be part to- of bad friends can be folded into maybe not homophobic, but just apathy in general. It's like, you know, they didn't care enough. Yeah. yeah. Mm. A lot of us do also have bad friends and don't kill mm. anybody. Oh, <laughs> Fran, you have good friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have great friends. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying some people have bad friends yes. and, and kill people. Yeah. And don't kill That's people. It's true. It's true. Uh, homophobia. Uh, Kunanin's father. Daddy. Keep dad up on the board. Yeah. I feel like we could take uh, capitalism out. I'm not yeah, really I feeling capitalism. I mean. And I feel like we can fold childhood trauma and abandonment into his dad. Because yeah, right. he did, he was he not. He did the abandoning. Yeah, he, he was. So we still have FBI, the local police, homophobia, Kunanin, homophobic induced apathy. I kind of like homophobic induced apathy better than just general homophobia okay, for this okay, one. Okay, sure. We also have fame and the vulnerability surrounding the Versace name. We can take that off. That and I feel like clout chasing are kind of like a similar, you know, like mm. right I- issues. It's not something to consider, but might, maybe not the source. Yes. Well, it makes you wonder, like his motivation, right? Which we don't know, but if he sort of sees Versace as something of a contributor to this thing, this itch he can't seem to scratch, this like chasing the clout kind of thing that uh, Fran was saying that he can't seem to scratch and he's almost like a way of, of addressing that in his way was to murder this, this guy. So I don't know what that would, it, it doesn't, I mean, fame is involved, but it's more about this, this guy Q Nannan and his sort of mental state and his sort of like upbringing. And sort of, I, I think those are more contributing factors than fame itself or. Yeah. Now, I I think we can take the fashion industry off finally. <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't know. As it it does it feel like we have the future, the justice. We are serving justice. So Doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't mm-hmm. it feel powerful and fun? And also <laughs> a lot of responsibility. It is. So true. <laughs> You're perfect for this show, Frank. Um All right, so we got, what are we yeah, what we are we gonna Kunanin, do? Yeah. We got his father. Wait, wait, American- what did you say again? Who, me? Yeah. Kunanin? Kunanin. Wait, did we get rid of clout chasing? We folded that into Kunanin. Got it, got it. Yes, and fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. I really hope we're pronouncing that correctly. We definitely are. Trust me. Sorry, yes, that's just There are a few things I know in this world at 100%. And this is definitely... Um, we got Cunanan, his father, the FBI, the local police, and homophobic-induced apathy. What are we thinking? Well, I'm I'm between two things. I I look. There are a lot of people who have shitty dads and still don't become serial killers. So I think we we can take Cunanan off because it's not like his dad was forcing him to be a serial killer. Yes. Father off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he didn't help. He didn't help the situation. And here's where I go back and forth because we are discussing not Kunanin's serial killing spree. We are discussing the death of Versace. And the question is, could that have been stopped by police? Like, I know it's Kunanin who did the killing, right? But at this point, he's the fifth victim and it's not like he, uh, Kunanin is some like se- like very skilled, secretive serial killer. He is a dope right. when it yeah, comes to, to, me, to all of this to stuff. To me, I, I kind of agree. But to me, the, the, the fact that he switched states in between this, his last murder and this one, there, it doesn't absolve the police but it i give them i give them a break i think in this regard i mean it would have been really really astute and top-notch police work if they would have if they would have bagged this guy going from was it minnesota 
Yeah. To mm-hmm. Florida. He's killing people along the way. And he's leaving, a, like, he's, at one point, he, like, changes, like, they knew he was driving, I, I, I either it was Madsen or Trail's car. Mm. I believe it was Madsen's car, the, the second victim. He stole the car, and he's driving it with, like, they have the license plate at this point. They know that it's... From the very beginning, they knew they were looking for a man named Andrew Cunanan mm-hmm. who was driving this guy's like car with these license plates. Yes, at some point he did go to a Walmart or something and like change right. license plates. But it, it wasn't a mystery. It wasn't like these other serial killers who you're like, wait, no, you don't even know. Who, right. They don't even know who they're looking for until right. the you know tenth right. victim or something. Well, he goes right. Minneapolis, then Chicago, then Jersey, and then down to Florida. But yeah, sure. I mean, I, so then so it's so not are we local, taking right? him off? Are we taking Cunanan off? Is that what we're doing right now? We're not taking him off. <laughs> but I'm. I, my question is, do we blame the police? Always. For not stopping him, <laughs> or you know, for this, for this particular death of Versace, could it have been avoided, or do we call it this? Do we have enough evidence to know that it's this homophobic induced apathy? I mean, it feels like we're leaning towards a. I feel like we're we're getting there. Like from what you're saying, I feel like you you know what you want to say, and I'm so curious to hear you say it. Me? Yeah. yeah I feel like ahead. you know what you want. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. One second, one second, one second, one so, second. Go, Fran. Chris, I, so I, I agree with what you're saying when it comes to, like, you know, crossing borders, counties, whatever. So, yes, local police locally cannot be blamed. But FBI is everything. It's all over. Mm. So, I, you know. Federal. We have both options. And I think locally, I agree. Minnesota police is not going to come to Florida to, to fix this issue. But FBI, is, I think, is... A more of an overarching. Um... I like that, and and I guess the question is: Do we want to just attri- do we want to attribute that to the institution itself, or do we want to call that homophobic induced apathy? I mean, would they have cared more if they were, say, young women, say, young white women, say, young white straight women? I just feel like with the fact that the FBI knew the name of the person, they had so much evidence. They knew who they were looking for for these crimes. Mm-hmm. They knew where he was headed. I mean, look, we didn't have cameras everywhere like we do now. So it's harder to spot a vehicle with a license plate. We didn't have, you know, alerts on our phones. Mm-hmm. We didn't have cameras on every corner. No find my iPhone. <laughs> no find my iPhone. <laughs> All right. So. But I don't know. This is where I go. People are going to get mad at me if I if I don't send Kunan into jail. Uh, this is I why think, it's your tough it's your tough job to run yeah. this podcast. You got to make like the you tough have calls. An idea. <laughs> so I think we got to call I, it. I think I'm going to call. Okay, I I really I I th- I'm going to send Kunan into jail. In I, I, that's what I would do, and I'm going to slap this homophobic induced apathy that I think is prev- you know inside of the FBI and the local police. So security um, it's just not on their priority. Gotcha. Because if it was, I don't know, Minnesota, call New Jersey. Okay, I'm going to call it homophobic induced apathy. You're getting the big slap. Andrew Cunanan, you serial killer. You're going to the alarmist jail. Justice is served. <laughs> Caso cerrado. <laughs> Friend. Thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for this very sad tragedy, the death of Versace. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I will be spraying some cologne in his honor. (laughs) (laughs) After the death of Versace, on July 23rd, 1997, eight days after Versace's murder, Andrew Cunanan turned a gun on himself this time and died by apparent suicide on a boathouse in Miami Beach. Cunanan's death ended the investigation into Versace's murder and the high-profile manhunt that it had sparked. Cunanan left no suicide note 
and instead left burning questions surrounding his motives, which remain unanswered to this day. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at the Alarmist the on Twitter, at the Alarmist Podcast on Instagram, or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Tenerife Airport disaster. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.